0: DJ and PK brought to you in part by T-Mobile. Brian Dunseth joining us right now on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Dunny, good morning.
1: PK, where are you? How are you, buddy? I am right here, ready to go. In fact, I'm I'm <laughs> gearing up for tomorrow night in Portland.
2: My man, my man, DJ <laughs> I miss you, even though I just talked to you yesterday. <laughs> What's going on? How are you guys?
0: I'm curious if you already bagged a peak this morning. I see you on social media. <laughs> now you got your son up there, and it's, uh, sometimes you're bagging a seven thousand foot peak, and it looks like sometimes you're ready to go to like twelve thousand feet.
2: Yeah, it's been fun, man. I, I got addicted. I got that that runner's high, if you will, into the top of uh, of the mountain. I mean, y- you and I got shut down for what five and a half months with regards to calling uh, Real Salt Lake games, so I decided in that time uh, I did Red Pine, I did White Pine, I did Pfefferhorn, I did Upper Bells, I did Tippanogos, I did all the peaks behind Brighton, uh, let's see, did Blanche, uh, did all all the versions of Mount Olympus. I uh, Yeah, I, I tried to take advantage of my time just getting in the mountains and staying away from some human beings. And then roped my uh, 11-year-old in the other day, and he, he bagged his first uh, he bagged Wolverine, Patsy, Mary, all the behind Millie, and I think it was like 10,800 feet. So I know way more mountaintops in Utah than I ever thought I was capable of knowing <laughs> uh, because of this pandemic. Oh, man.
0: All right, so, uh, so let's get down to it. That was uh, an incredible 24 hours from the team walking off the field and not playing the game with LAFC, to Deloitte doing one radio interview, a second interview to walk back the first interview, followed by allegations of racially inappropriate language in multiple conversations and a story in The Athletic. Um, I guess let's start at the beginning of that sequence with them walking (laughs) off the field and not playing the game against Portland, or not playing the game uh, Wednesday against LAFC, I've been told Saturday is a go in the last hour. Now, yeah. we were also told Wednesday was a go at about 3.30 <laughs> in the afternoon, and it was at about uh, between 6 and 6.30 They realized, well, that's not going to end up being true, is it? Uh, yeah. Do you think they're actually going to play Saturday?
2: So what I was told right now is uh, the team was meeting as of 9 a.m. at the training facility, um, and they were planning on going to practice today. And they were going to I don't want to say vote, but I think there were some serious conversations that need to be had uh, on the backside of everything that happened yesterday. Um, I think this is now less about the and, and I'm trying and I'm, and I'm trying to walk this line nicely because the boycott itself was an incredibly strong, powerful moment. Wherever you fall in line with uh, your political side of how this was handled by athletes. It was a strong moment and one that I suggest led us all just to stop, shut our mouths and listen for a minute and try to understand from the players' perspective exactly why they made such a huge decision. Because as we were saying in the post-game show and talking to Nedim, the players themselves understood the gravity of the situation. They understood that there was going to be 5,000 people inside of that stadium. They understood it was going to be the first game post-pandemic, or excuse me, still pandemic, um, at Rio Tinto Stadium. That there were daily workers that were, that were dependent upon those paychecks. And that was, that they, all, they all understood that. But they also, they also understood that it was their opportunity to fall in line what was happening with the NBA and Major League Baseball to make a statement. Yesterday, a whole different kettle of fish. Uh, I think the moment that we see Deloy go on uh, his first radio show, uh, over Broadway Media, and then double down. I, I, I watched it live. It was cringe worthy. Uh, I understand from a business perspective, from the financial threat, uh, the commercial deals, the loss of money, the sponsorship. Um, <clears throat> if Deloitte, in my honest opinion, would have come out and said something approaching the idea of backing the players uh, and saying, "I understand," you know, this this collective idea, what they're trying to accomplish on the financial side let's have a conversation i think that would have that would have been uh, much more agreeable as opposed to what inevitably came out over the course of that 20 minute interview um which led me to seeing that second interview or hearing that second interview while i'm in the middle of my series show uh and i was always told if you got to do a second interview you really you really mucked up the first interview um so those are the two phases and then we got to the athletic article and You and I, uh, DJ, know a lot of the players that were named in that article. Um, You know, the rumors, the whispers, the conversations have have kind of been hovering for years. But I've never seen players uh, be willing to go on record. And once you go on record, those are serious allegations, um, which then led to both Major League Soccer, the MLS Players Union and the NWSL having some very serious statements come out last evening. Uh, including the major, uh, the MLS Players Association, calling for the immediate suspension of RSL owner Deloy Hansen, uh, pending the outcome of an investigation. So, I mean, it was all over. TMZ, uh, <laughs> New York Post. Uh, this is a, a worldwide story based on one twenty-minute interview here in Salt Lake City.
1: So, a lot of different ways to go on that. Uh, let's go with the allegations on the story, the printed version of it and I'm wondering, and I know you really can't answer that because you're not there and you're not these guys, but if this thing is true, I don't know if it is or it isn't, I have to take them at their first face value, but nevertheless, if those things were said and happened, why did those individuals wait this long?
2: Yeah, it's, it's well, there's twofold for me. One, they were current players in real time um, and the fear of retribution. I mean, that, that's the that's, that's easy... Easy one for me. Um, when you're dependent on a paycheck, when you're when you, there's the threat or the fear of losing your job, uh, when you're dependent on that money, yeah, I, I think that's one of the one of the moments that people are afraid of speaking up. I think that's across the board, not just in this situation. Uh, and for Andy Williams to be the major player in this conversation uh, for the Athletic, um, you know, th- there's there's a bunch of reasons behind the scenes. I, I just think PK at at times when there is that threat of losing your paycheck that you have responsibilities for taking care of yourself, your family, your, your wife, your children, um, that, that's the fear that you're not going to have the collective backing. And that's why I think that moment is, is, is one of those watershed moments that if you're willing to go on record and put your name to this type of really, I mean, inflammatory, serious, horrifying article that the athletic posted yesterday evening or afternoon, um, yeah, that that that's a that's a monumental moment in time. I think.
0: So I've got some, uh, you know, I have a little bit of knowledge. You have more, Dunny, but I want to for the listeners throw out my theory on how how this played out, and then you can, uh, as you love to do, as PK loves to do. You have this in common. Uh, you can just you know thrash it apart and only buy whatever percentage you want. Um, but a hundred percent. Well, first off, I had heard, and I think you had too, the um, that. Third hand, fourth hand rumor mill uh, that Andy had this experience. And yeah. Andy's employed by the club and loves his job and didn't want to rock the boat. He got furloughed when everything shut down in March. Huh. And I don't know because Andy didn't return my call, but I think there was an expectation that when the MLS's back tournament started up, that he, if he's coming back, he would be brought back then. And he wasn't. But from conversations with someone else with the club who said that Andy's characterization of being brought back and the contact with the current leadership was not... They told me last night it was not accurate. That Andy was contacted three weeks ago, which trying to connect the dots means to me that they knew they were going to play in stadiums. They knew they were going to start bringing fans back. This is a league that does not generate a lot of TV revenue. It's sponsorship revenue, and it's ticket revenue. Uh-huh. And they're not getting the sponsorship revenue unless they get the ticket revenue. So uh-huh. once they know three weeks ago, they've talked to the local government officials, health departments, all that, they're going to put butts in seats. I was told last night that three weeks ago they reached out to Andy, and that there have been multiple tries. One person tried, and then another person tried, and Andy didn't get back to him. Now, Andy's version is he didn't hear anything until yesterday. Yeah. and. Talking to Paul Tenorio, one of the four guys who wrote uh, one of the four. There were four reporters who are bylined on the athletic story. Paul was one of them. And in Paul's opinion, and also in Chris Camrani's opinion, who also was one of the four, they both thought that Deloitte's radio interview in the morning on X96 was the last straw that caused these people to talk. Now, Uh do you think I'm ballpark on the timeline with Andy? Because that's me trying to put it together with Andy not returning a phone call.
2: So, I, I, to be very clear and transparent, I'm very good friends with Andy. Andy and I have known each other since 1997. We have played on multiple teams together. Uh, and to this day, we're still in constant communication. <clears throat> I, Yes, you're right. He was furloughed. I don't know the timeline because I, all I can go by is what the conversations have been. And yes, they have been conflicting with regards to the contact being made. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that, there, it's not just Andy. There was multiple people that I've spoken to that had been furloughed that were lacking, uh, sorry, that were very frustrated with the lack of communication over the time that they were furloughed. I think there was a lot of communication as to who was responsible and who should be communicating underneath this fur- furlough because ultimately the list of furloughed employees comes from the top. And that in itself is the difficulty. If you're the general manager, if you're the president of soccer ops, if you're the assistant general manager, if you're the coaching staff, how, how when, why, where do you find you know, your own personal responsibility outside of friendship, just from a professional standpoint? Um, what is your, your ability to communicate with these furloughed staff? And I think there's been a lot of confusion since that moment of who's been furloughed and who is responsible for managing those furloughed staff members. Um, whether he was coming back, whether he wasn't coming back, uh, it wasn't the first time Andy was frustrated on social media with the lack of communication. We had seen it a couple months ago um, on Twitter uh, because when Andy vents, he vents on, on, on Twitter and we've seen that. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I think it comes down to your point, DJ, is that that morning show interview, I think it, it just whacked the hornet's nest. And when it whacked the hornet's nest in the manner that it did, it wasn't just members of the RSL organization. I think it, it, had, um, it made huge waves. And what I was told yesterday was basically the moment that that radio show went to break uh, the ivory towers in New York City, major league soccer uh there was a board i kicked off a board of governors meeting and i don't know if it was an official one but let's just say that i was told that all of the owners immediately immediately got on the phone with all the higher-ups and there was a serious conversation and by the time that Deloy went back and met with the staff uh his phone was already lighting up with don garber calling him immediately so uh that first interview wasn't just the kickoff for kind of the local conversation that that was for the national conversation and even you know donovan mitchell and getting picked up by tmz um so yeah there's i think there's always going to be kind of somewhere truth lies and somewhere in the middle in this gray area um but at the end of the day i think you've, you've got a lot of people that are looking for their pound of flesh right now that for one reason or another felt like they've been wronged by deloitte over the years and and this is their opportunity to collectively come out and and speak whatever truth they feel like they need to 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 show publicly.
1: Given the subsequent apology, do you think that there's any way we can look at that morning interview that you've referenced multiple times as being stupid in frustration?
2: Pre the athletic article, I would have said he gave himself a chance. Um, I just started getting text messages. Uh, you know, DJ knows. I, I, I've, I walk around. I, I know a lot of people. I've, I've seen a lot of people. I, I've, throughout the years, from guys that were interns are now higher ups in Major League Soccer or at television networks. There's a lot of conversations happening in real time right now. Soccer um, is and
0: soccer is a tightly knit universe to begin <laughs> with. Yes. And Dunny is right in the middle of it, literally standing on an elevator and hearing someone around the corner. I know that voice. They haven't even seen him yet. So when he says his yeah. phone is blowing up, and everybody—I mean, I've seen Alexi Lawless react to seeing Dunny, and if you react like that, you must be pretty good friends with someone or about to fight. Those are the only two things that are left. So, anyways, go ahead, Dunny, to back up your point, but yeah. go ahead.
2: Thankfully, there hasn't been much many haymakers thrown my way. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, th- this is. You know, th- this is one of those conversations that it- it's literally going everywhere. Um, you know, from Megan Rapino to, to to Donovan to Nick Romano jumping out yesterday um, and using his social media presence to to have a pop. It- it's never ending. I-, I was told yesterday that after the and I and, and but the, I only read the comments because I was in the middle of my show. I listened to the interview directly after. I, I thought that. Deloitte did everything in his power to be as as brutally honest for the Deloitte that I know um, to kind of walk back everything that he said earlier in the morning and I think it was I think it was kind of cultivated that early morning interview based on the financial threat, the commercial deals and, and the money lost over sponsorship and the frustration. I, I understood that but I think he was off the mark and I think that his interview um, fell on deaf ears and only led to more frustration. I think the cancel culture that is social media, I think we realized very quickly how important digital is and how quickly these type of interviews can spread. The interview in the afternoon, I think, gave him a lifeline. Uh, but after that athletic article, I, I you know, these are, these are Donald Sterling moments. I don't know if you walk back from that. And that's the difficulty in all of this, you know, because you're getting you're getting text messages um, from people in New York saying, yeah, game over. There's no way that he can come back for this.
0: So when you're saying you're getting text messages from New York, I assume you're getting text messages from pretty high levels in the league office. That's what text messages from New York means.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting them from Don Garber. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm kidding. There's there's people inside the office that are probably – Let's just put it this way. Yesterday afternoon, the whole day was at MLS headquarters. I can't believe what came out of Salt Lake City. That—that's basically what it was. And I will. Uh, there was, I'm, and I'm trying to find the the tw- the, uh, the text yesterday. There was a tweet, and I'm trying to see if I can find it. Um, so there's a guy named Mickey Turner. Uh, he's based in Seattle. He is a he's a reporter and also a lawyer. Uh, Turner Esquire on Twitter, and he posted yesterday after the interview, for no reason whatsoever, here's a section of the MLS Constitution which talks about transferring ownership. And in uh, Section uh, section, section 5, in the last line of Article B, it says, when in the commissioner's sole judgment, the best interest of MLS would be served with regards to taking over ownership this is one of those conversations where i think the board of governors has to vote 75 percent um in agreement that they would uh decide that the way well, hansen isn't fit to be a real salt lake owner or an mls owner excuse me anymore and i think that's those are the conversations that are probably being had at the highest level today
1: i'm wondering you know mr hansen i don't know the guy at all you guys do but i know you know how he made his money in real estate and all and then Fairly late in life, relatively speaking, he gets involved with uh, this soccer team and it's generating media publicity. And we've seen some stubbing of the toe, if you want to call that, when they want to ban Gordon Monson because he wrote something yeah. they didn't like and all, uh, and now he goes on the radio and this type of thing. I'm wondering if he just has no sophistication relative to public relations and media, and it's come back to bite him because he didn't grow up in the way you take like a Dave Check, it's grew up, so to speak, in front of cameras and whatnot, so he knew how to handle himself. And I'm speaking of him, obviously, because he was the former, the original owner of the team, or partial owner, yeah. and all this. And and Hanson just doesn't have that sophistication or knowledge and how to do it.
2: I think you're you're onto something, PK. Absolutely, I, I think that there's a difference. Um, and I would I would I would think that the Miller family over the years kind of grew into being in the public eye. Um, right. because I think, you know, much in a similar manner where we're looking at Deloitte uh, and, and taking over Real Salt Lake. Um, this is the difficulty. And we know this every day, right? Every single day that we step on in front of the microphones or in front of the cameras, we're on record. We are on record. Now, when we're talking about clubs, um, we're talking, you know, sport, you know, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, you know, individual athletes. Real Salt Lake MLS. Anything that they put out, even apologies, are going to be raked over the coals. That's inevitable. That that's just the world we live in right now. the The social media world is it, it's it's revenge driven, and so when you can break something down, that's you know you've you've got to be very careful with what you put out publicly. Deloy is gregarious. He's big. You know, he, he's he's this bigger than life you know personality, and When he gets going, if he steps off script, that's where we've seen generally uh, a ton of pushback for the organization. That has always, I think, been the fear. And if you're talking, you know, present day public relations, you're going all the way back to, you know, Trey Fitzgerald and company uh, when they were working for the organization, that was always the fear. Uh, You know, if if the bullet points are there and he's on track, yeah, everything's going to come off pretty well. If he's, you know, if, if the if the balloon starts leaking air, it can go in a bunch of different directions. And I think that's the hardest part for people that are not used to being on camera, used to having a microphone in their face. Um, and, they're, and, and listen, if you're a self-made billionaire, and I'm, this is a broad stroke, at some point, you're just going to say, like, listen, I, what? You're not telling me what to do. This is my business. This I made this from scratch. I'll say whatever the hell I want to say. And uh that that's what I think led him down the conversation yesterday with the morning show, uh, and and got him in got you know, really, really kicked up this hornet's nest that we've seen have, you know, really for him as a human being, horrific, horrific results.
0: I think you're right about the saying what you wanna say and uh tweaking who you wanna tweak and wearing the emotions on the sleeve. And yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, man, I, I think a bunch of things, and we've already—we were late to break getting to you, Dunny, and now we're even later. But <laughs> Yak is enjoying this, so he just waved at us, don't worry about it this time. Um, That's awesome. <clears throat> I have seen him in multiple situations decide he was going to tweak the audience and mm-hmm. just go. I yeah. saw him in Cache County at a dinner, and he decided to make some anti-Trump comments. And there were people in the room squirming. I mean, I don't know for sure how Cash County voted, but I'm pretty sure I know how Cash County voted. And I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing when he did it. So I yeah, think you're yeah. on to something about that. I think that when you read the story, it's easy to say white billionaire Utah. Of course, he's racially insensitive. Yeah. And then you're hearing from New York, but how can he read the room this poorly, even if that is true? And so I think all of that frustration is weighing down on him right now. But P.K. has always, and he has said this, this is not, and and P.K. doesn't really have any skin in the game in this argument anyway. He's not emotionally attached to anybody or friends with anybody, so he's, but, but he's said this multiple times on the show, let's not judge somebody, speaking about what you said about cancel culture and social media, on the last thing they said. Let's look at the totality of everything they do huh. and, and I agree with that but in this case I don't think it's going to matter at all at all I mean he's at that dinner he's fundraising and he's twisting arms to put pantries and schools in Logan well yeah who's that going to feed that's going to feed the kids of those people who are working the meat packing plants up there who huh. have the outbreak of COVID and a bunch of people are sick and they don't have health insurance and so on one hand, he's the guy who sticks up for those people. And on the other hand, he's got to an answer for all these conversations. And the thing, um, when I talked to Paul Tenorio, who wrote that story for The Athletic, and Chris Kimrani they both think that there are more people out there who may come forward with stories. Which, to your uh-huh. point, even if you're off on game over, even though you're getting texted at, even if that isn't accurate, if there's another story with people putting names behind it, well, then it's game yeah. over. You know, And how do you so, analyze all of this? You know, I don't think you do. I mean, I think it's, yeah. I think it's what you said. It's game over.
2: So I, I just want to be, again, very clear. I've seen Deloitte do some incredible things. I, I've seen him raise money for, for children, for women's soccer, uh, his donations to schools, uh, the, the, the RSL Foundation, and what he's been a part of. He's done some incredible, incredible things, some really selfless things utilizing uh the fortune that he's amassed over the years uh, there's no that that is that is undeniable you cannot argue that he is he has done some right. phenomenal things but uh, over the over the timeline that i have known him now that being said this is not a I, and, and and to be clear i i my problem with this this idea of cancel culture is that when mistakes are made no one's given the opportunity to apologize and apologize correctly that being said when you are going backwards over years, years, the way the athletic is going, yeah, um, there's no way to, in my opinion, the difficulty to try to apologize for some of the horrifying things in that athletic article, I think that is going to be too much for Major League Soccer to overlook. And to see the sights, and, I, and I, this is a momentum, right? This is a snowball going downhill mm-hmm. right now. Um, the fact that the moment that Andy Williams, Aaron Mond, Nick Ramondo, whoever else puts their names to those articles, that's the athlete side. We have yet to hear if there's anyone willing to go on record that are former employees. Because I, I saw a couple different local, I'll, I'll say journalists, uh, on Twitter throwing it out there for stories yesterday. And there are a lot of people piling on. And, you know, I, I don't, I have a, I kind of have a tough time with the validity of that going on social media and doing that type of stuff, but um, there's a lot of people that wanted their pound of flesh. And I think right mm-hmm. now, I keep using that analogy, I think Deloy wanted his pound of flesh in the morning, and I don't think he realized that it was going to be his own pound of flesh by the end of the evening.
0: Yeah, well, and to be clear, those stories, you know, those people with those stories, you know, they need to be heard, and especially if they're willing to put the, their name on it and the blowback that inevitably comes with that. Um, hmm. so it'll be interesting to see if if they uh if they share those and uh you know I think Paul Tenorio and Chris Camroni for sure and other people certainly now too are out trying to make contact you know on those people where the the rumor mill has been out there and you want, do you want to go on the record now and put your name behind it and and for their own reasons there may be messages. people who still don't want to
2: Yeah there's a lot of text messages there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, DMs that are that are being passed around right now um and and there's you know I I don't don't think this is, I don't think this is over. Um, And what I will say right now for the players for the meeting, you know, this is now. You know, if we get back to soccer for a quick second, if they get on that airplane at 9 a.m., they're playing tomorrow. And I'll remind everybody gently that this team, what they went through, basically a calendar year ago, with Mike Pecky being suspended and ultimately fired, this is a team that rallied around each other inside of that locker room, controlled the controllables, and ended up in third place in the Western Conference heading into the playoffs. So if we're talking big picture, this team will be able to overcome everything that's been happening in the last 24 hours, the moment that they get onto the field. Uh, The flip side of this is I still think that Deloy and Andy Carroll will have to step in front of that group of players and that group of players uh, need to have the opportunity to say whatever they feel like they need to say Without fear of retribution, and I think we're 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 at that point where that has to happen for this group of players to move on, based on you know the actions yesterday.
0: So, last thing before I let you go here, um, if they force him to sell. Does Do you think the league values the market and wants to keep it local? I know there will probably be a lot of real estate that might tip in favor of keeping the team here, but when you're in a market this size, and you know this because you played in Columbus and there was just the whole thing with the crew maybe leaving, and they didn't, but does the league value enough that they'll look for local ownership and keep the team here?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is, again, one of many conversations I had yesterday Um, there's a lot of conversations happening in real time right now. Uh, And and I know there's, there's a lot of, there's the conversation of local self-made billionaires uh, south of the point of the mountain um, whose names have been invoked. Uh, There's a bunch of people locally that have talked about, yeah, let's get together and let's do something. Should this be made available? Uh, I was I was talking to an ex-former RSL player that has access to Monopoly money and said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking Rio Tinto Stadium, you're talking America First Federal Field as a practice field, and you're talking about everything that's been, out, been built out in Harriman. And reminder, that, that Harriman build also included for Deloitte the ability to build apartment complexes and commercial real estate around uh, that facility. There's, there's a lot of property that comes along with these three teams plus the academy plus the school. I've been told that it could be valued from anywhere from 350 to $400 million. So should Deloitte be forced to sell this organization, um, I think the timeline that I was told, he would be given six months to find a buyer. And after six months, if a buyer wasn't found, on his timeline, then Major League Soccer would step in and they would determine the best possible deal available to then sell to whatever buyer is in. So if he gets $400 million, uh, then he walks with whatever, however we want to look at what he, you know, the 20 or $25 million that he paid for to buy out Dave Checkett uh, to the league, to what was built uh, the three teams that have come in since then. Um, and obviously the, the, the growth and equity of major league soccer as a whole. So three hundred fifty to 400 million is what I was told that is kind of the, uh, the value point right now for real solving we... the franchise, the organization franchise, not just RSL.
0: We appreciate you coming on with all this info, Dunny. We are late to break, but we appreciate you filling us in. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, Well, uh, hopefully there'll be a game with RSL in Portland Saturday night. Pay
2: those bills, boys. Appreciate
0: it. Looking forward to the next one. Okay. Brian Dunseth, hear him on uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. You see him on RSL broadcasts and all over social media. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
3: Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: DJ PK, time to catch you up to date on everything you have missed in this show. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep Dodge, Rammy, and Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. We had David Locke on at 8 o'clock. The takeaway from David, uh, he thinks, he can't guarantee, but he thinks the NBA playoffs restart Saturday which means the Jazz would probably play Sunday, and he also thinks there's a decent chance that Gary Harris will be suiting up for the Nuggets. I'm not convinced that's a positive. When a guy hasn't played that long and you drop him into a series 3-2, if he comes in and is able to contribute and and be an impact guy, hit big shots, and and as a defender take one of the big matchups and probably have to take minutes on Donovan Mitchell, uh, but Mike Conley Jr. has been hurting him too, so maybe he's got to be on Conley. uh, That seems like a big ask to me, P.K., (laughs)
1: Mike Conley Jr.? Mike Conley Jr.
0: (laughs) Yeah, his dad is Mike Conley Sr., the triple jumper.
1: (laughs) You don't ever call me PK Jr.?
0: No, you're right, I don't. Should I? I will if you want. I think you,
1: you just, I think you're like Deloy. You just got. Going, I just man. I got going. I did,
0: and it rolls off the tongue. Mike Gudley Jr. I've never spoken to him about this, but I remember watching his dad in a world championship. I don't know. I don't know how I got sucked into it, but it was it was awesome. It wasn't the Olympics. either. It was a world championship. NBC was showing it late at night, and I was working nights in radio. In and
1: what sport? The triple jump. It was track and field championships.
0: <laughs> Well, his everybody dad,
1: knew that. His dad was world class. I understand that, but I know it, but not everybody knew it.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, so your takeaway from Locke, anything else about the series? We talked to him about it restarting. When Play it ball,
1: bad. man. I wanted to restart. I was having a good time. <laughs> I want everybody to get along, too, so I'm up in the night, and that's not going <laughs> to happen. Uh, but, yeah, I want to watch ball. I want to watch the conclusion of this series, man. That would be so unfulfilling if it didn't. So get back out on the floor and do your thing.
0: One thing that has made it so fun and that you enjoy and ever enjoy is offensively, and Locke said, that these numbers are off the charts. And, you know, and what to attribute that to. And I know a lot of people are saying, hey, shooting background, no fans, so that's good. But I really think the no travel is a major positive. We've never watched playoff games where guys went this long without getting planes and flying back and forth. And, you know, you can come back from a vacation and be tired after one plane trip back, you know. And these guys flying back and forth, I think that makes it a little better too.
1: Well, if you really want to put some juice in the regular season, just have the teams with the higher seeds have all the games in their building. <laughs> then you'd have no travel.
0: Now you got home court advantage. You got them all at home. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to hit on that we hit on during this show? We're about out of time because we, we got we got way behind before we started with Dunning. Well, we, we didn't got...
1: hit on this, but they're the Big Ten saying they're talking about resuming the season in Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. People are, a bunch of folks are screaming about uh, politics now. Just yeah, play it after the election. I mean, come on. I don't understand why they couldn't go like these others. At least give it a try. I'll never understand that.
0: You got eight Nebraska football players trying to sue the Big Ten. I guess if the Big Ten starts at Thanksgiving, then that all goes away.
1: Yeah, it's, it's well, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But what do I know?
0: BYU needs two more games. Notre Dame has a non-conference game with USF, part of a three-game series with the schools. So, all right, that's some of what we talked about. Your feedback coming up next. Stay with us.
1: And that's all over. Almost here. Don't
0: go
3: nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson
1: and Jake Scott. Our good friend Ron Boone. Don't forget, I was raised in the 60s when civil rights was very strong. And I don't agree with all the rioting and the burning and
2: and all that kind of stuff. We saw that stuff back in the 60s. And it didn't do any good then. It's not going to do anything now. But I really support what the players are doing. I really think there's got to be changes. My advice
1: is to start educating yourself about some of the problems that most people of color have had over the years and what it's like now. How much has it changed since and until you walk in those shoes and see exactly what's being done or what's being said, then you really don't know.
3: The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company for you and keeping you connected is a top priority. We are open now in many locations to help with your essential wireless needs. Since people come first, our stores are taking care to be as safe as possible so that you feel comfortable getting in-store services. Check Sprint.com for a location near you and check out the best deal in wireless with unlimited talk, text, and data. Time for the feedback of the day. And it is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only three fifty nine dollars per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Jonathan tweets at, Head David DJ James at PK Kinahan. Listen to you for the first time in many months this morning. Thank you for always speaking truth and trying to find it. God bless you. Thank you. It's remarkably, that, remarkably positive said, and upbeat for social media and Twitter. Thank you, John. What we
1: said politically agrees with what he thinks.
0: Well, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Or, or at least we got in the ballpark.
1: Just remember, on any of these things, I have no answers for you, nor will I lecture you. Think whatever you want.
0: If the NBA season is over, what are the long-term ramifications for the band, fan base? How many fans are permanently gone? Over 2,000 votes, which is probably double what we normally get. Uh, and 30% think the NBA is going to lose a quarter of its audience. Uh, 29% think they're going to lose 10%. 19% believe it's going to be 50% or more. And there is no way I think it'll be that high. Not possibly. That was not possibly.
1: your poll you put on. I put it up yesterday. you irritated, put up I should say, you irritated the former first lady of Salt Lake City.
0: Oh yeah, what was that tweet? It's buried in here somewhere.
1: That you—you're missing the point. Yes. What are you thinking? The wife of the—how do you say that lady's the name? The
0: wife of the former mayor.
1: Yeah, wh- Jackie. How do you say her Bisc- last Jackie name? Biskupski? Biskupski. Okay. Yeah. An Arizona State Sun Devil, I might add. Uh, that's her wife, and she went after you on on uh, Twitter. I I I seen it.
0: Yep, that's what I'm used <laughs> to on Twitter. That's what I expect. Not any of these compliments
1: please <laughs> did you respond to her did you try no. to explain it away no nope. no nope. well you should no nope, I didn't have a back and forth and let me know <laughs>
0: let me know how poorly it goes <laughs> and how much trouble you've gotten yourself in
1: <laughs> okay you extended what I was thinking but we, you know, we both I get r- the point
0: I read your mind not your lips <laughs> I have a skill for both of those things
1: especially when you can't even see him <laughs>
0: DJ PK, we're out of time. Hands and Scotty are coming up next on 975 at 1280 the zone.